You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hello, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, I want to start today not with a question, but actually a review of a documentary that just came out on Netflix. It is called The Social Dilemma, and I believe that every person needs to watch this documentary. It is put out by Tristan Harris, and Tristan Harris is um, somebody who is Stanford-educated. In fact, his uh, tr- his education was in the field of persuasion, and he's a magician, uh, which is an interesting uh, segue into to what he ended up to do professionally, which was he worked for Google as an ethicist. And a very smart man. He's done a TED Talk. You can watch that as well. But uh, uh, Tristan stepped down from that and started the Center for Humane Design, Humane Technology, because he was very concerned in what is happening to the world uh, because of technology. And you know I'm a pro-tech person, but he eloquently outlines uh, for us how we have evolved from, you know, we used to be an agricultural society, and then we had the Industrial Revolution, and now it is based on an attention economy. 
and um, how the folks who do the design of how we interface with our phones and our browsers collect data and how they use that data collection to drive what they're going to put in front of our eyeballs and keep us engaged on there. So I know that many of us have heard about fake news and we heard about the Russian involvement in skewing election results and things. And so we might know something about it on a superficial level. But he interviews people that work at all the different social media companies. He goes much more into the the details in a way that is very digestible. Uh, I do think that you could sit and watch it with your teens and uh, discuss it. And I really do think we have an obligation to know what is what is happening to us when we're on these devices. So I, I do feel a little bit like I'm not just recommending this documentary. I'm feeling I have a real responsibility to say I learned something very eye-opening and I don't think you want to be duped or do something unhealthy or know that you're being manipulated in a way that you're unaware of. And um but the the premise here is that this is really like a cry to protect democracy and to protect the human race from moving in a direction that is more in line with our values and our morals rather than the attention economy and chasing a dollar and what can create racial violence and the end of democracy and um, cultural divides around ideologies anti-vaxxers, flat earthers, conspiracy theories, et cetera, et cetera, just to give a few examples that are covered off in the documentary. So check that out, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Very important in this day and age. And especially for our kids, there's quite a lot on there about text messages and likes and Facebook posts and Instagram things. So it does track the life of a family with teens and how it creates conflict in the family and whatnot. So anyways, there's my recommendation. Please um, please check that out. And then we have our questions, and we didn't get as many questions this week, and I think it's because everyone's into the throes of back to school. And a lot of the questions that came in this week were similar with the ones from last week. So this is, I guess, really an indication of where parents' minds are. And I hope everyone's doing okay. I have been posting my little sanity-saving tips on Instagram so that you feel supported as we all, you know, uh, struggle to figure out a very different back to school in whatever shape and form it's in. I actually had a friend that has six children, all in different grades, and uh, not one of her six kids has a child that is in the same format in terms of online versus in class, whether they're doing quads or or hybrid or, you know, some are on campus and uh, some are not. It's just It's just amazing how much variety is out there. So, I say that because it makes it more difficult to give specific advice because every area is different. Every jurisdiction has come up with a different creative solution. But what I can say is, you know, hey, just uh, be gentle with everyone. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but nobody uh, nobody is is providing us with the most eloquent of solutions. But I think there's some calm comfort in knowing that we're all just doing the best we can. And if we can just keep a positive attitude, link arms, trust ourselves to be responsive and to make adaptive changes when they need to be made, uh, that it's not going to look pretty, it's not going to be optimal. But uh, if we can go with that frame of mind, we're more likely to roll with the punches. So it's a real test in resiliency, our ability to bounce back, our ability to test ourselves in, um, you know, how are we in dealing with the unknowns and, and chaotic situations. So we're we're already 
six months out, we hang in there. Okay, so let me go go to our questions here. Um, Allison, what is the mental health impact on kids having to wear masks, not touch their friends, and to be in a fear mode constantly of germs? Well, I would say that um, when it comes to mental health, we have to remember that um, there's a real subjective piece. There's certainly things we know about having some pillars of, of, of good mental health and things that we can do proactively. But when we look at a situation and say, is this situation going to really impact my child's mental health? The one thing I can say is that um, right now, in terms of uh, the the wearing of a mask, this is where I'm saying it's a little bit subjective. For some people, honestly, it's going to be like, eh, that was a bother. Um, there, there's certainly nothing in our literature that uh, that talks about um, how that is damaging. I know that some people have talked about that if you need to see facial expressions to get a full communication. And that if you're missing that information, you might not develop your empathy or your compassion skills, that you might miss cue on social cues. And um, I, I think for younger kids who are still figuring that out, that may indeed be the case. And people might make some social missteps because they don't have as much information. But there's so many more hours in the day that we're still without our masks when we're in our social bubbles and when we're with our siblings and cousins and, and um, you know, out further than six feet apart that watching television, I, I don't think that's completely missing as an experience. So, you know, could kids be slightly delayed potentially? Um, and certainly in terms of friends, people have been missing their friends. And if this went on for years, I would say that there might be something that we might have to be concerned about. And they're going to track this. There's going to be data and research on this. I'm sure they're doing studies. Um, but right now, we have to remind ourselves that kids are still, if we're doing our job right as parents, and, um, you know, that uh, we're still finding opportunities for them to socialize in different ways. And that the idea of having a friend is about feeling connected and feeling a sense of belonging. And that can look in a million different flavors, you know. So people that are... Um, quadriplegic that can't play sports, for example, you know, that's not a requirement that it, the feeling of belonging is a, uh, a mental state and a belief of feeling valued, feeling important, being embedded in a group, having friends, feeling cared for. And that can happen. You don't need to have touch in order for that to occur. So, so long as parents are paying attention and making sure that their kids are socially appropriately um, having play dates and um, maintaining those friendships virtually from six feet away online um, through bubbled play dates, then our kids should be fine. And in terms of the fear, you know, there, I mean, I think that there are some kids who are just anxious to begin with, and this might be be tough on them. But like anxiety over anything else, there's some kids that always had a, a germ phobia. There are some kids that um, always have a social phobia, and they struggle with those. But, um, but again, there's ways that we can help them be comfortable, and we can help get them support so that we can try to help them emotionally regulate and bring those fears down. Uh, so it might be a opportunity to seek out some support and, and some help. But um, really, from a parenting point of view, what we want to do is to say, well, you know, the pandemic is happening. Those viruses are out there. The best thing that we can do as a buffer or a protective factor in keeping our kids' uh, mental health working is to uh, really project a um, an attitude of calm confidence that, that we're not anxious and we're not being fearful. And to know that that calm household 
that uh, our calm disposition is a bit infectious in terms of sending calming messages. So even if they do go out and feel more anxious out at school or, or now that that's back in, that at least they can get a reprieve from it to coming home to a calm place. So if we're bickering and fighting and there's dynamics in the family and the marriage isn't working, it's going to be a lot harder for that child to come home and decompress and find its safe zone before going back out into what might be a little bit more of a challenging environment in school if they're fighting their their anxious, fearful thoughts about um, about the pandemic. Now, the nice thing is, is the whole idea of anxiety is that we want to make sure that it doesn't cripple us from evading what we have to do in life. And so hopefully they're with its own kind of inoculation therapy, which is, you know, I kept going, I kept going and I I, I didn't get sick. Maybe I don't need to have this on the top of my mind all the time. Um, and so so you get sort of exhausted of keeping that anxiety uh, alive and, and busy. Okay, um, number two here. Allison, what would be the impact of a potential second wave of shutdown on the kids? I'm concerned about them being in school, then out, then in, then out. You know what I mean. So same thing. People are really worried about, you know, how how do all these strange and different situations impact our kids? And again, you hear the parental fear in all of that. I think, again, we have to remember that when we look at how our kids fare and we look at the the kinds of of factors that might be considered traumatic factors you know we're looking at you know, domestic violence poverty significant deaths uh you know the, the list of things that can really psychically give us a rattle are there and um so this is an unusual situation and it's not an ideal situation um but i think the more that we can make it look normal this isn't uh, it's not really a doesn't really quite qualify as a natural disaster in so much as now that we've opened up things are looking here anyways a little bit more um kind of normal so you know it, ultimately the the backing and the forthing can be seen as something that's like a pain but we're being we're being responsive and we're adjusting and that's what we want to tell them it's just, you know what this is going to be a wacky school year you're in you're out you might not get the best marks we might you know it might be harder cuz we're not really ever settling into a pattern but that's okay that's a challenge it's a challenge that we we can face and so long as our kids are feeling supported like they're linking arms with everybody else who's going through this same thing that they've got their strong family base uh, that their friendships are good, that their teacher, they have a feeling that their teacher has their back and that they're not being, um, there's no pressure around the academic piece, then, you know, they should, we should be giving them lots of information to say that they have the fortitude to roll with the strange punches of, of this year. Um, and so, that's the best we can do. I mean, ultimately, that's the point is that, you know, unless we're, we can't make a vaccine, <laughs> we can't, well, all we can do is make the best choices that we can to respond to difficult situations and uh, and have faith that that's enough or have faith that when the chips land where they are that, you know, if we need to uh, make different choices or get different supports for our kids, that we will recognize those flags and we will put those things in place. But I think a, a great deal of optimism and faith and just know that kids are actually far more resilient. We think resiliency is something that um, is extraordinary and it's actually built into the organism. We are ordinarily resilient and most especially kids are. So you being strong 
and having the positive attitude is the best thing that you can do there. And we will ride this out. Okay, another one. Um, Allison, I'm concerned that I'm uh, that my kid is not going to stay connected with their friends and classmates if they're staying home. Uh, now, I've had people talk to me about this as well. So some people opted for the online learning, but now they're kind of bemoaning the fact that, oh, I'm the only one staying at home. Why did you pick stay at home? All my friends are uh, off at school. And there might be a bit of a mourning period um, around that. And I would say for parents, this really is a, a solution around um, creativity, which is to say, I bet you miss your friends. That would be hard if you were the only one not going back. Um, I can see how you would be feeling like you were missing out on some experiences with them. However, good friendships can can be maintained even if you're not in the classroom with them. So let's talk about how we make sure that you still feel connected and that you still have an opportunity to be with your friends and have shared experiences with them. And as a parent, I would go out of my way to make sure that those things happen. So maybe it is more sleepovers on the weekend. Maybe it is more evening playdates now that we're not really doing extracurriculars. Um, Maybe it is doing some online connectivity, again, depending on how the teacher organizes their class. Some are doing sort of morning meetings where everyone's together, uh, regardless of whether they're they're online or in the class. So you could reach out to the teacher and, and appeal to how to keep some connectivity. You know, maybe that's a weekly game that everybody plays online, whatever. But I think really it's um, it's you willing to, to be understanding, and then to put that little bit of creativity and problem solving behind it with your child and and making sure that you've addressed it in a way that uh, fits into your family lifestyle. And then the last one for today is, and I just had this very conversation, this is a bit of a gender one going on here, um, and you're probably picking up on it in the conversation too, the difference between moms at work and dads at work, and who's taking the more of the brunt of trying to balance work-life balance and schooling during the pandemic, and um, women who are uh, typically in our society paid less for equal work, or women having stayed home with kids and not being able to move through their career as fast as their counterparts. So uh, that means that if you're making decisions based on who's going to look after the kids and who's going to step da- step away from their job, women are more likely to take the hit, that we're going to be more impacted by in the family in terms of our career and how we had to step back from promotion and step up for our families in a way that will not be equal to to how men are. So this one is, is, will moms actually be able to go back to the office given everyone is expecting kids to be home multiple times with runny noses or coughs that isn't COVID? And I would add to that, and I think kids are going to be home because at some point there's going to be some kind of a breakout where they're going to want a quarantine or an isolation or a something. And I've been recommending to parents that we all, in a sense, need to have a plan B. I would hope that your workplace would be flexible around that. But I absolutely would say to women, don't fall into this pattern that women do, which is, well, we sort of accept that, well, they're earning more or their job is more stressful or something. So, you know... I will take on more of the burden. And women are just, moms are burning out because somehow we don't want to ask for help and we don't want to say to our partner, I don't care if you're the senior partner of this law firm. I need someone to go pick up those kids from school or I need someone to help Susie with her algebra or whatever it might be. And um, and we do need to ask more for help. I know um, sometimes you could make arrangements where you just have a conversation with your partner and say, given that we both 
have obligations to our work and we both love our career and we both want to make sure that we show up in the way that we want to show up at work, how can we come up with a division of labor of parenting and, and supporting the kids' schooling that's going to, to work for us both? And instead of women overdoing or building resentments, I think we have to speak up and talk about what that might look like. And again, I, I don't want to dictate or give a prescriptive answer to what your family comes up with. It's more the process that's important. But I know when I was married, we sort of had an agreement that we would alternate months. So, you know, September is my month and I'm the lead on family stuff. If a kid gets sick, then it'll be on me to take the call from the school and figure out getting them home. And I might say, I'm the lead on this and, I, you know, we got a kid who's sick. Um, but my being the lead might be then saying, how is your work day? Are you are you quiet or are you are you in a flexible position honey where you could come home and and mind them for this afternoon because I've got meetings so even though I might not be the one providing the care I'm the one that's handling the situation and solving the problem, even if that means eliciting the help of my partner. And then we switch. And then, so, all right, great. So now I did September. You do October. You figure out the solutions to the care. And yeah, you can use me as a resource, but the point is you're being managerial. It's amazing how much goes on in our mind about having to juggle all these balls. And so to have somebody be the lead and somebody else be support and for you to alternate that month by month. That's what worked for me. But that was our creative solution. And um, again, I don't want to tell you what the solution is. I do want to just tell you the process that all of us have to sit down and have a real frank conversation about how to allow us to use the full resources of everybody in the family in a way that nobody is left burnt out and resentful. I do think we can do this all if we keep the conversation going. So, there you go. Please send in your questions and uh, have a great back to school. And we will see you next week on the podcast. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.